All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, uh, uh, his appearance every week brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. What's happening, David? Oh, nothing. Nothing's happening. Yeah, I'm just just, uh, I was perusing variety, as I often do, and uh, I saw a piece pop up about a, a certain podcasting network. Seems like you haven't had anything going on at all today. No, there's been nothing going on. So let's talk about the Jazz, who's won nine straight, look for number 10 against the Mavericks. Hey, first, though, uh, congratulations. Um, Thanks. People, people can Google and, and look for the news. It's, it's big news about the, uh, your Locked On Podcast Network, but congrats. It's, uh, I know how hard you've worked on it over the years, and uh, I'm sure today's a good day for you. It's been incredible. We you know, started it five years ago or four and a half years ago, just kind of on a thought, and thought I saw a gap in the marketplace, but also just wanted a new experience, and you only get to live once, so I wanted to start something, and my wife was supportive, and the kids were supportive, and it's turned out all right. Now I think with the move today, we have a chance to change people's lives um, of our staff. We have a lot of – Jay Catch is a good example. Like, I'm not – like, we have a lot of young rising stars that are doing Locked On podcasts or working. We have a crew of people that work kind of more full-time for us, and um, – I think they have a chance in this environment under Tegna to become stars, and I, I hope we are able to do that for them. So, David, what do you make of what's going on with the Jazz right now? A lot of people were impressed last night, as opposed to in certain games, the Jazz play well when they hit those shots early and they get on a roll and they just fire forward from there. But last night, very rugged start, and yet they were able to right the ship. So I thought, th- I thought last night was crazy impressive. There are teams in this league that are just difficult to play, right? You just, they have your number. I mean, sometimes it's the great teams, right? Like we had that thing with the Rockets where, you know, we'd get matched up in the Rockets in a playoff series. You're like, well, we can't beat these guys. Like that's just the, the matchup was what it was. Whereas those same years that we played some of the other good teams, you thought you could beat them. Sometimes it's the not as good teams. There's, you know, we've always had a few teams that are like your bugaboo. Well, the Knicks are certainly our bugaboo. They're big, they're, fit, they're oversized at every position. Maybe they're not the best shooting or talented but they're physical. They're oversized at every position. We're probably undersized at every position. Um, you know, they really are fabulous in what the, in, in, in kind of that they know exactly how they want to play and they're getting into you. And so they cost us a lot of problems and we looked just as much in disarray in the first half of the game as we did in the second half last time we played them. And we even looked a little bit that way to open the third quarter where every time we drove, we were wondering where the help was coming from and what was taking place. And then we figured it out and just kept fighting. So I thought last night of the nine wins might have been the most impressive of the nine, probably the first one against Milwaukee. But but that one's actually a team that style of play matches up really well to us. They're willing to give you threes. They're willing to let you move the ball. That's what we do well. The Knicks aren't. So we had to try to beat the Knicks playing in a way that wasn't um, entirely how we want to play. And then I thought um, I thought that was really great the way that Rudy stepped up uh, defensively, they you know if you go back and remember the first half, you had R.J. Barrett and Alfred Payton just kind of driving into the lane, um, and then just putting and then Rudy played up higher on the pick and roll in the second half. And those guys just never got by him, and I thought in the and just absolutely disrupted our defense in the second half was just insane, absolutely insane. I mean the numbers were astronomical. I think we had a defensive rating like fifty. You know you don't have fifty in junior jazz defense ratings in junior jazz games. Um, you know, so it, it was really a pretty awesome performance last night in the sense of just how that's a difficult matchup. 
David, I know you have your opinions on the plus-minus stat and what you can read into it and what you can't, and I'm curious to your thoughts on what we can read into Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert being 1-2 in the NBA in plus-minus and by quite a ways. So, um, my quick take on plus-minus is I think it's often a statement of how good your coaching staff is, um, of whether or not you're putting players in a position to succeed. Um I do get nervous when there's like really good star players that have negative plus minuses. That kind of jumps out to me. Um, and, I, and bench players with who don't play a lot, who have really good plus minuses, don't jump out to me because to me that's actually the sign that the coach, like how will Neto used to always have really good plus minus else because Quinn Snyder pulled him anytime he was on an oversized card and anytime he was in trouble. And so to me, when you have your star players with this dominating plus minus, it has some value. And then I, I would say that on the next scale of things that are, it would tell me um, is that Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley are playing together every minute, which is what they are doing. Like the jazz have matched Mike Conley's minutes to Rudy Gobert. Um, it's a really good way to play really well, by the way, is to play with Rudy Gobert. All the time. Mike's been brilliant, but Rudy makes people really good. We elaborate on that a little, David. I know you've always spoken highly of Rudy Gobert, but how important is this guy? And we were just talking about him earlier because of the way he played last night and the role he played, uh, just you know, dictating things at the defensive end and also contributing the way he did at the other end. So I thought in the New Orleans two-game matchup was really revealing because New Orleans played, at least what I saw, two totally different defenses in those games. But the premise of both of them was the exact same, which was to take away Rudy's role. So as much as we all talk about how his offensive game's not great, the entire defense that Stan Van Gundy built in both games was to take away Rudy's role. So the first night, it was take the big, and when Mike Conley comes off the pick, we're going to have the big come up and pressure the ball, hedge the pick, and play with a weak side guy coming in on the Rudy's role. So you can't, Conley can't throw the pass over the big, and there's a guy who's coming over to cut off Rudy's role. And so the Jazz ended up taking, what, like 53s that night because it leaves a three wide open. But the whole defense was predicated on stopping the guard from getting in the paint and being able to give it to Rudy. The next night, they changed what they were doing. They just decided to stay with Rudy. And they dropped so that Mike Conley came up the pick, and they let Mike Conley come in the paint. But now Steven Adams literally just stayed like even to Rudy the whole night. So Rudy couldn't get his lobs. And then if that's the night that I think Donovan had 30, Mike had 20 and Jordan had 20 because the guards were open to go to the basket. Okay. Rudy in neither of those nights, I think had anything on the box score that was noticeable other than probably missed free throws and that anybody talked about. And yet both nights, the opponent's entire game plan defensively was predicated on stopping the play of Rudy Gobert rolling to the basket. Because the dunk is, for all of our 53s we're taking every night, which is awesome, if we could get 50 dunks, we would. But Quinn revolutionized the NBA for a year, and the league caught on to it. And so you can't get Rudy for dunks anymore because the league has changed. So the answer is we're going to get 53s instead. But it all comes back to the same thing, which is the day someone decides to take away our 53s, Rudy's going to get eight dunks. 
All right, David, I have a two-part question for you, and uh, whichever one you want to go first is is up to you. But uh, will we look at the 2018 NBA draft the same way we look at the 1984 NBA draft, where we'll always remember who was taken in front of Michael Jordan, by whom? Will we always remember who was taken in front of Luka Doncic and by whom? And then the second part, it, it always stuck me strange that the, the Suns hired Igor Kokoshkov, his, uh, his uh, coach in Europe, uh, in what uh, Euroleague championship, uh, just won a title with him and pass on him. Have you? I know you were close with Coach Kokoshkov. Have you ever talked to him about that, how that went down? I have not, um, but I do know that the owner is a huge University of Arizona alumni. Ah, enter DeAndre Ayton. That would be my answer. Vlade taking Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic will mean that Vlade never gets another job. Well, that was supposed to be his expertise, right? I mean, like, seriously, I mean, I'm not trying. I don't know whether Vlade should or shouldn't get another job or if Vlade, frankly, ever wanted that job in the first place. Um, but that move will prevent him from from getting that job. David, I know you like digging into the numbers and looking for trends and whatnot. Uh, of all the things that you've uncovered during this nine-game win streak for the Jazz, which number stands out to you as being either the most significant or the most impressive or the most notable? The, the dominating quarters. So we've had, I, I don't have it in front of me, I apologize. We've had, like, I think it's something like 11 of our 17 games in the first quarter we've held the, so last night wouldn't have been, so it was probably 10 of 17. We've held the opponents below a point of possession in the quarter. We've had something dramatic. Like, in this win streak, if there's 36 eligible quarters, so let me, let me back up and give you what I, what I mean by dominating quarter. League average points per possession is 110. Anytime you're below 100 or defensively or over 120, you've now done something that's going to make it really hard for the opponent to overcome, just mathematically. Do you follow that concept? Mm. Yep. So we're averaging about two and a half dominating quarters a night right now. So either, it might be even up to three, either we're getting 120 offensive ratings or we're getting below 100 defensive ratings at about a rate in the win streak of, of over half the quarters. Well, actually, over, like we're doing it twice defensively and twice offensively a night. And, and you can't beat that. That's why we're winning. And that's why we're winning by a lot, right? We've won eight of the nine games by double digits, or they've won eight of the nine games by double digits. And it's the dominating quarters. Last night, the second half is ridiculous yesterday. Ridiculous. And that's, you know, that's how you can actually, you know, what New Orleans scored 41 points and they came back and won because they're, because they then had two more dominating, their next two, three quarters were just totally dominating. In the New Orleans game, they had five of the eight quarters, they held them below a point of possession. Like the math on that really starts to work when you do that. David, what do you think the Jazz will do to adjust uh, for Donovan Mitchell's absence tonight? Um, well, I mean, I think you'll see a lot of what you saw last night. The problem is that we're on the back end of a back-to-back without Donovan Mitchell when Donovan Mitchell wasn't quite right last night. Like, it was clear Donovan wasn't right last night. I know he didn't have concussion symptoms until this morning, but you could see, like, his last two shots were, like, not right. Even his last one that he makes, his knee bend was so exaggerated. Like, you could just tell he, you know, whether he just wasn't in rhythm in any way, shape, or form. So when you... Now the problem is that Mike exerted an awful lot of energy last night. Joe exerted an awful lot of energy. 
last night. But that's the answer is we're going to, you know, I would suspect that uh, I would suspect that Mike and um, Rudy still match each other all night. And I would suspect that Joe um, is somehow got to get matched with Don with Derek tonight. Um, and, and let Jordan and Joe kind of conduct that group. Um, you know, this is where if there's anything on our roster that, you know, maybe you're lacking a little bit is a, is a backup point guard, but frankly, that's where we have Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles. And so Joe Ingles plays backup point guard tonight. I, um, I suspect Joe will start, but I thought there was a chance that Mia One might start so that you could keep, keep, uh, keep Joe in that position. But, um, or keep, yeah. So Joe and Jordan played together, but then you're suddenly, the rotation doesn't really work in, unless you plan to play Mia only 30 minutes. So you might as well just start Joe. But you know, Mia's going to get a lot of time. David, thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you over here at the arena sometime soon. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. It's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Of course, here Locke on the call tonight. Tip-off coming your way a little after 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. Quinn Snyder coaches shows usually right around 6.50. So not to be missed. Real quick, uh, Jake, who would you start tonight? Probably Joe, but but I hear you remember Jerry used to not want to interrupt the rotation, so he would yeah. start the third string player. You know, that's I think where David's coming with me, Aoni. Um, but I I would guess we'll see Joe. And then uh, when he goes off the floor, you would see who coming. Oh no, playing the whole game. <laughs> Until <laughs> he's just uh, his tongue is dragging on the floor. Play him the whole game, yeah. No, I think uh, I think Mie has earned some extra minutes when there's a, a spot for it in the rotation. He didn't play particularly well in his one minute he played yesterday, but um, I, you know he's a guy who's not going to hurt you defensively and seems to have his uh, you know knows his place in the offense and where to go. Who's that? Mie Oni. Mie Oni. Like Mie. like plie Tony. Correct. Mie, Mie. Oni. Oni. Mm-hmm. The one and only. Lock! It's me, A. Oni! <laughs> Gal! I've told him this a thousand times. He got the Oni finally fixed. Now it's Mia. No, get it. It's me, A. Oni. Hey, as a guy who screws up names for a living, you know, <laughs> I had to practice that one, I gotta admit. Yeah, it is. Uh, doesn't just trip right off the top. No, but I think he's a fine player, and I think he's more than capable of of playing a few extra minutes uh, when when the the need arises. We're gonna find out uh, a little bit more, which is obvious, about the Jazz's depth tonight, and uh, I I imagine that nobody likes to see any star player get hurt or miss a game for any reason. But I'll bet you there are some guys who are pretty eager to show what they can do to to fill up the open space.